What is up, everybody, and welcome to another installment of Commish and the Commish live from State College, Pennsylvania. My name is Brendan Ricciardi. You know, usually this time of year when Cuzzo doesn't want to do the show, it's because his team sucks. But unfortunately, for my sake, that is not the case. Uh, it is my team that sucks, but we'll get to that a little bit later. We got only one week left in the regular season here in the Strathaven Fantasy League. I think I would probably not be the only one to say that this has just been a weird season. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like usually, um, I, I feel like the teams aren't this close in terms of parity. Like, I was one win away. If I had beaten Carter uh, on the game where I lost by the field goal, I would be competing for a playoff spot this week. Instead, I'm competing for the last place game. So, a lot going on here. A lot has yet to be decided. Only three out of the six teams have punched their ticket to the Clancy Bowl playoffs. Uh, we'll get to that in a little bit as well. But, before we can get to that, it's time for our primetime weekly recap. We start off, as always, with the butthole clencher of the week. That is presented by the Delco Media Group. We'll start off with two teams that have not seen this season go the way they wanted to. That is Justin Snyder and the Rocks. But they got the big win over Owen Salisbury and the Blue Tigers to end Owen's playoff chances once and for all. I think they might have been ended anyway. But we'll start off here. Jalen Hurts, 34 points, just a masterclass performance against the Titans. And I think it's funny that for all the haters out there, at, at this point, first off, if you're an Eagles fan, I don't know how you can still be a hater at this point unless you just don't want to, like, admit you were wrong. But even as an NFL fan, like, people will, will say that Hurts, all he can do is run. It's like, all right, well, the Titans took away the run. What did he do? He threw for almost 400 yards and three touchdowns. Like, this guy is, in my opinion, I genuinely think from unbiased opinion, the MVP of the league, but... That is not my decision, unfortunately. Definitely one of the fantasy MVPs of the season. Really the only thing keeping the Rocks alive, man. He's been the number one ranked quarterback this year in terms of fantasy. Saquon Barkley had 19 points. Isaiah Pacheco getting the start at flex. He paid back with 17 points. Uh, and for the Blue Tigers, definitely a disappointment. You, you've been waiting all year to get the Jamar Chase-Keenan Allen combo back with Miles Sanders, Jonathan Taylor. Brian Robinson, I think all year we've been saying, you know, this team, once it gets healthy, like, I think the reality is it's just not a very good team. That That's just the unfortunate situation. Uh, he had 20 points from Keenan Allen. Nobody else on the team had more than, what do we got, uh, let's see, 16, 16.8 from Dak, 16.7 from Jamar. Good return. 15.25 from Jordan Brooks. This game could have gone either way. Uh, as someone who <coughs> was, wa excuse me, was watching this game, <coughs> oh. Uh, was watching this game, rooting you know against Owen, because I'm trying to avoid the last <coughs> place game. <coughs> you know, watching this, I did not feel good about my chances. I think it really helped me out that the Colts got the shit kicked out of them by the Cowboys, because late in the fourth quarter, Dak Prescott was not in the game. It was a blowout. Jonathan Taylor was not in the game. It was a blowout. And at that point, Snyder was holding the brief lead. Paris Campbell. I thought was going to give a goose egg. So I thought it was only 
a matter of time before Owen just took over. But at the end of the day, Snyder, you know, he got the win here. He spoiled Owen's chances of avoiding the last place game. Now it's all going to come down to next week. But I really, really don't want to spend too much time talking about this game, even though it was close, because it's just not relevant at this point to who's going to be holding Kevin Clancy's beautiful face for the next year. All right, we'll move on to the butthole blowout of the week. This one comes back to my division. We're going to the big ACC. The Dover Demonators made a statement this week against the Zoidberg Zoo that they are for real. Not that we haven't thought they were for real, but the matter of fact is they are now in first place in a division that they were once 1-6 in. And they are now 7-6 on the year. Just an unbelievable turnaround. This It's kind of funny that it was against Carter that he won this because I'm pretty sure... I, I don't remember what year. Carter started 0-5 one year and still made the playoffs. We all wrote the Demonators out. So good for him for rewriting the script. Uh, I was wrong. We'll talk more about the standings. Carter is still at first currently just because of the tiebreaker, but it's a lot closer now. So we'll dive into this matchup here. Start off with the Victors. That's the Demonators. 150 points. They have been putting up some big-time numbers, and it's all over the place, man. You got 22 from Geno, 22 from Tony Pollard, 20 point, I'm sorry, 24.6 from Tony Pollard, 20.4 from CD, 27.8 from Tyler Lockett. Underrated stack this season. That's been that that Geno Smith and Tyler Lockett combo, both you know QB one and wide receiver one, just in, in, purely in terms of numbers. If you want to go with that, so just really impressive overall. Uh, good, good for for Hellman. He also has 16 from Dalvin. You know, really no like truly bad games. Like Austin Hooper's tight end at five, but like everyone's tight end sucks. IDP, CJ Mosley nine, like whatever. Now we have to talk about the Zoidberg Zoo, man, because this was ugly. And you really can't even blame it on one person at this point. You can't. Jalen Waddle, 1.9. Uh, let me look into that. I, I'm guessing he got hurt. I actually wasn't really able to follow much. Okay, yeah. So he, he got hurt last week. So he's avoid. He avoids the criticism. Dawson Knox. <laughs> he uh, he did not catch a single pass. He had a half of a tackle. So he ended with 0.75. A really funny stat line. Uh, but yeah, dude, it was just like Mike Evans only had nine. Austin Eckler came back down to earth a little bit. You know, he's still the number one running back. But he had 13. Ramondre had 13. It was just, I mean, nobody had more than Derek Carr at 16. It's just an ugly, ugly performance for a franchise that's won two championships and is, you know, on the cusp. A win would have would have had them in. So, I, I man, I don't know what is going on in the locker room of the zoo on the other side the neanderthal said they were close to the worst collapse in league history if carter doesn't make the playoffs starting at six and two when hellman was two and six that's that is a much bigger collapse but we'll uh talk about playoff scenarios a little later just a absolute monster performance and you know i'll fill in for Elias because usually for some reason he just likes to talk about the bench players oh he left a lot of points on the bench not really you know, 13 from or tw uh, 13 from Josh Palmer, 12 from Debo. I think you just have to just completely. It, it, this is a burn the tape game. You know, this is one of those games where don't even try to figure out what went wrong. You know, shove it, move on. You got another game next week. It's over. All right, next up we got a very very interesting result from the football conference here the irs took care of business and we officially have a race 
for that last wild card spot. The IRS had to win this game to stay alive, and they did in convincing fashion. We got a 142.44 to 102.72 win by uh, by Drew Robinson, and you know we, we wrote him off for for the chance to be the third defending champ we've ever had in this league. But you know he, like Gino Smith, has not written back. 30 from Joe Burrow. 34.6 from Amon Ross St. Brown. If Amon Ross St. Brown leads Drew on another type of deep playoff run like that, you know, I personally, this is a little tangent here, I would not be opposed to the idea of having a keeper or two. Now, when I say this, I would do it. So I've heard leagues where, so like say I drafted, uh, who's a good example? I don't know, just like someone that went really, really, look, Ramondre Stevenson in like the 10th round. If I were to keep Ramondre Stevenson, I would lose my 10th round pick, not my first round pick. So it rewards you for drafting well. However, if you keep Ramondre, you know, for another year, you want to keep him for another year after that, then you lose one of your first two picks. So like if you keep someone for more than one year, that's where the strategy goes into it. I don't know, I, I just feel like, you know, we, I don't know about you guys. I'm sure it's probably more for you than for me because my teams are bad. But, like, I've developed, you know, like a really big interest in certain players just because I've had them for a while. Like Cooper Cup, you know, I was rooting for him really hard to be, you know, in the Super Bowl because, like, he was great for my team. I think being able to keep specific guys around for a couple of years, not go full dynasty, but, like, just have a little strategy would be kind of cool. But, you know, a little tangent there. Uh, I'm in a 34.6. Garrett Wilson, 24.2. Garrett Wilson is a great example of you just need to have the right quarterback. His numbers with not Zach Wilson and with Zach Wilson are crazy. And he could be a league winner if he keeps just, you know, getting the amount of targets. He had 15 targets against the Vikings last week. He had 24 points without a touchdown, which is very, very impressive. And they have a very, very easy playoff schedule too, so... Man, don't sleep on the IRS. DeAndre Swift starting to look a little bit better, too. He had 21 on the bench. Look out. As for the Jailbirds, we had 21 points from Devontae Smith, 18 from Josh Allen. Not much after that. Like, it's... Uh, and, like, I get that Joe Mixon is currently hurt right now, but it is embarrassing to be a team that could have clinched a playoff spot with a win to start Jarek McKinnon and Ty Johnson as your running back. Like, I know they ended up combining for 25, and it, and it worked out okay, but, dude, that's just bad. Three points from Zay Jones, all single digits. It's just like, who who really wants it more? That's the question. And based on right now, it looks like the IRS does. Final score there. Once again, we got... I lost my place. <coughs> I need to figure it out. 142.44. 102.72. All right, next up, the Collegeville Cashflow Kings have officially been eliminated from Clancy Bowl playoff contention. Schenectady Shekels, on the other hand, have not clinched anything yet, but they are in a very, very good spot right now. Uh, they will win this game 120.5 to 91.69. They got 37.7 points from Devontae Adams. Outstanding performance against the Chargers. Vic, big victory over the Chargers, too. He's now your third-ranked wide receiver. Samaje Pirine, 21.5. The reason I am very salty about this is because I had Pirine all season long just saying, like, oh, if Joe Mixon, you know, ever got hurt, like, I I would be able to have him. Got to a point where with all the injuries I had, like, I had to 
you know, drop him because I needed bench spot for other guys. And all of a sudden, Joe Mixon gets hurt, and he's having a couple great performances in a row. I mean, 21 carries is legit, no matter how you slice it. Uh, you know, not a great balanced performance from Jason's team. A lot, a lot of top heavy. Because outside of that, you know, two only had 13. Uh, Devin Singletary had 11. Uh, if he wanted Deshaun Watson to come be a savior, man, he he looked awful in that first. And, and I know it's his first game back, like timing everything. It's been a long time, but I don't know. I, I don't. I wonder what the ceiling is for him. As for the cash flow kings, it, it ended up being a really, really funny performance because when you talk to Ari about his team and you talk about what Collegeville does, is they run the football. You know, they always they drafted three straight running backs to start. The, the draft and, and just go from there. Well, Derrick Henry had five. Nick Chubb had eight. And then Terry McLaurin had 24 and a half. DK Metcalf had 26. So it, it ends up being the running backs that were let him down in the biggest spot, which is really just a shame and almost, almost poetic in a way uh, if you don't think about it too hard. But I don't know. I, I, it, just, it just makes me laugh. Uh, Jimmy G got hurt. Hate to see that. Only, only two points probably wouldn't have much of a change. DeAndre Carter in the flex, 2.4. Like, this team relied on Chubb and Henry, you know, kind of carrying them for for a while. And it just came to the point where, it, it, you know, they ran out of gas. So, Collegeville is out. They are not at risk of being in the last place game. So, they are just going to be, weirdly enough, uh, in the middle, you know, middle of the pack. Middle of the playoffs and then in the, the Ridley Bowl because... Ari, it feels like, is always in the championship or in the last place game. So, good for Ari. I feel like it's going to be weird for him that he's just not, like, stressing one way or another at this point in the year. But, uh, good for him. All right, the Bison City Lake Effect have clinched their spot in the postseason. They won 35.2 to 115.32 win. Uh, and that's a, a really, really, really convincing performance by Jacob to solidify his spot as the top contender. He has not wrapped up the bye week yet. We'll talk about that in a little bit. A very interesting playoff picture for both sides right now. We got 21 from Josh Jacobs, 18 from Justin Jefferson, 16 from Christian Kirk, 16 from Montgomery. Uh, it's really great for Jacob to see uh, a team win like that with 135 when Travis Kelsey had seven. Like that's a guy that is averaging on the season 20 points. So you got to expect he'll go back to his averages more. Uh, he's got a legitimate RB1 in Josh Jacobs. He's currently the second-ranked running back. Uh, he's got David Montgomery, who statistically is still an RB2, even though he's missed time. He, he only needs him to get, like, 15, 20 points. Um, other than that, man, this team's very well-rounded. They are going to be in the postseason. We'll get to talk to Jacob. But for now, let's switch over to the Bureau. They had 22.2 from Stefan Diggs, 19 from Patty Mahomes. Outside of that, not too much to talk about. Eric Kendrick, 16 14 from Matt Gay, so uh, special teams and, and defense playing a big part, but the rest of the teams could not come up to it. Antonio Gibson, probably the worst RB2 in the league, except maybe Holbert's team, so it'll be kind of funny they play each other. He only had seven. Hayden Hurst at three. Juju at six. I, I, I'm not... I, I wouldn't necessarily say that I am, like, worried about, you know the Bureau, because they're, they're going to be in, in the football conference championship for the second time in three years. I just don't think that they're better than the Neanderthals right now. And from what I've seen lately from the IRS, I'd probably pick them too. But it's a problem for another episode. I know Kuzo won't listen to this, so 
Uh, it doesn't really matter, but he wins that one. Jacob wins that one. Excuse me, 135.2, 115.32, and we are going to save the worst for last year. That's right. Your Wallingford Imperialists were already out of the playoffs. Actually, you know what? Technically, going into this game, I think there was a way that I could have snuck in uh, if, like, like eight different games went my way, but, it, you know, even in the back of my head, I knew that was going to be the case, and uh, since since it's me and I'm narcissist, I'm going to talk about my team first, just because that's usually what Puzzle would ask. Uh, honestly, I, I got to say, I'm actually pretty happy with the way the guys played. If, if you look at it from the outside, 122 is nothing to write home about, but Cortland Sutton and Kenneth Walker both got hurt in the first quarter. So they combined for three points. So if you add just their averages, I'm probably somewhere in the upper 130s to 140s. 24 from Christian Watson, rookie of the year candidate. Uh, I don't know for real life because he kind of came on late, but in fantasy, definitely. Uh, A.J. Dillon, I went with A.J. Dillon over, um, I believe I was thinking Jacoby Myers, and that definitely worked out for me. Uh, I, I think if I'm going to be in the last place game, I do feel good because I think that team's starting to come together a little bit. I'm going to be missing like my entire team. We'll talk about that in the preview. So I'm already punting this week. doesn't really matter if I'm playing Jacob. But uh, we'll talk about the Neanderthals a little bit. 28 for McCaffrey. Uh, you know, I played the best wide receiver combo in the league. Tyreek Hill and A.J. Brown combined for 62 points, 31 each. What are you going to do? I mean, during that game, like, I knew my fantasy season was probably going to end. So I was rooting for A.J. Brown. Like, I'll admit in some Eagles games, I'm like, hey, maybe, you know, throw it to somebody else, like, if I'm playing them. But... Um, Lamar Jackson being injured is actually a very, very interesting thing for the Neanderthals because he only had one point, and he is currently, I think, questionable for this week. I don't know if they're actually going to announce it or not, but if Lamar Jackson is down potentially during the playoffs, Chris is currently starting Daniel Jones. So we're going to have to see if he's able to find a better option than that or whatever it may be. But regardless, good performance. 19 from Cam Akers on the bench. Now that is a guy that could potentially take over that RB2 spot that seems to kind of rotate between Kareem, Deontay Foreman, really whoever's hot at the time, Akers. So a uh, lot to talk about in Neanderthals, but at the end of the day, like, you know, Chris officially punched his ticket. Uh, I guess I forgot to mention that. I think that with Owen's loss, he did anyway, but it's it's official now. He will be the champion of the, uh, the Love Letters division. I actually don't know if that's for the first time or not. I'll go back and check at some point. But it's funny, before the season, Chris predicted a first-round loss after a dominant regular season. Now, his record may not have showed it, but points-wise, he had a great season, regular season. So uh, that will bring an end here to our primetime weekly recap. Now let's get in to my favorite part of this episode. It's always it's the playoff scenarios uh, and that episode before you... You know, you, you get into the playoffs and you get to really, really see what the playoff bracket is looking like. So we're going to start off with the Love Letters division because it is obviously a lot less complicated. So the Elias Sports Bureau is in. They will be your one seed. They will have a bye week. They will be playing in the Football Conference Championship no matter what happens this weekend. So let's get that out of the way. Put them at number one. Number two is also still technically up for grabs. But with that being said... It is very, very, very unlikely. You know, I'll actually, I'll actually guarantee at this point, Chris will be. Actually, I, I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter because there's no like, it's not like it's a home and away type thing. I don't. I, I think I just confused myself. Um, so Chris will be playing either Holbert or Drew. So right now, Holbert and the Jailbirds are seven and six. Drew and the IRS is six and seven. 
Now, the interesting thing is that Drew currently has 1,574 points for, and Holbert has 1,488. So, while Holbert has the better record, Drew currently holds that tiebreaker by about, was that like 90 points? So, the only way that Holbert can make the playoffs is if he wins or Drew loses. If they end up with the same record, he's not getting in unless he somehow puts up like 200-something points and Drew puts up like win- and wins and, and, you know, scores like less than 100. So, we'll get to the previews in a little bit. Drew will be playing... Uh, Drew will be... Who will Drew be playing? Drew will be playing Owen this week. And then Holbert will be playing Snyder. So, Snyder has his chance to play spoiler and show that his team is really not as bad as... You know, we've all been saying all year. So if Holbert beats Snyder, he's in. No matter what happens, he's in. He will play Chris in the first round. If he if he loses and Drew loses, he will also move on. So that's where it gets interesting that that could happen. I'm 100% for chaos sake rooting, rooting for that to happen. I mean, also for the league's sake, I think obviously the numbers agree. Drew's team's way better than Holbert. So I'd like to see the best teams in. Uh, you know, I'm not going to foreshadow anything. I'm going to have some playoff format alteration suggestions at the winter meetings, but we don't need to get into that now because we're moving on to the Kosher Kush Conference. And the Kosher Kush Conference bye week has not been officially locked in yet. With that being said, I've already told you I'm projected like 90 points. I, I'm starting waiver wire pickups like my team. I'm basically punting this matchup because if Snyder beats, I'm sorry, if, um, Who's Owen playing? If, if Drew beats Owen, then Owen's in the last place game, regardless of what happens in my game, just because I am beating him the tiebreaker by a lot. Jesus, his team. Yeah, I'm like by like 200, 150. So if Drew beats Owen, then Owen's in the last place game against Snyder. I have an inner love letters, Ridley Bowl. How about that? So let's just say for the sake of reality that the, the it's going to likely be Jacob that gets the bye week. He has the tiebreaker over everybody pretty comfortably. Everybody in the conference by over 150. So the only way that that would not happen is if Jacob loses and then Jason wins. Okay, so now we got that out of the way. We'll say Jacob is likely your one seed here. The big ACC, Zoidberg, Zoo, and Carter, and the Demonators and Hellman are tied at 7-6. and And now, because of the fact that Hellman kicked the shit out of Carter... That tiebreaker is a lot closer because Carter is at 1622 and Hellman's at 1605. Just 17 points separates these guys right now. Now, no matter what happens, one of them will be making it just because it, it's the division. Like technically, you know, uh, I guess technically Ari could win and it could be it could be interesting, but one of those teams has to make it. So Carter will be taking on Ari in this game. Hellman will be taking on Jason. We'll bring Jason into the equation in a little bit because right now it's a bit confusing. But Carter, if Carter wins, then he would have to have a better tiebreaker than Hellman. But not only Hellman, now let's bring Jason back. So say there's a scenario where Ari beats Carter, Carter goes to, I'm sorry, switch it out. Uh, Carter wins. Carter beats Ari, he's 8-6. and six. Hellman beats Jason. Now all three of Carter, Hellman, and Jason would all be 8-6. and six. And then it would go down to the tiebreaker. So we know that they're 17 points apart. Jason is not too much. Uh, he's in between them. He's not in between them. It didn't update. Uh, no, he's, he's close though. Jason's about 40 or 50 behind Hellman. So 
As of right now, Carter is probably in with a win. Won't guarantee anything. But I can say that for the Demonators and the Shekels, that if the Demonators win, they are in. Because of the fact that while they'll be 8-6 and six and the Shekels will be 8-6, and six, they will definitely have the tiebreaker over Jason because he has to score more points in them if he wins. So Hellman is 100% in with a win. I can crunch the numbers right now in my head and do that. No matter what happens to Carter, he will be in. Jason, on the other hand, can go from being out to getting the bye week. He's probably not going to get it unless Jacob's team absolutely melts down against me. But reality is that you know Jason will be in with a win. And in that case, he would play, uh, let's see, either Carter or Jason, or Carter or Helmet, depends on the tiebreaker. Now I'm confusing myself. At the end of the day, you know, there's 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 spots to be uh, to be fought over, and it's going to be chaos. So I'm 100% rooting for Helmet to beat Jason, and then Carter to lose to Ari, and then have him just come down to tiebreakers for all three of them. Give me chaos or give me death, something like that. Uh, since it's just me, I really don't feel like breaking down the players in all the matchup. I think I've talked for almost a half hour at this point. Uh, I just want to talk about, at this point, let's look at... Hang on. Sorry, I'm confusing myself now. I don't know. I'll just, I'll just give you each matchup real quick if I haven't yet. So, Jacob and myself. We got Carter and Ari. We got Hellman and Jason. Snyder and Holbert. Drew and Owen and the Cuz and the Neanderthals. Potential football conference championship preview. Who knows? Uh, at this point, I honestly don't really know how to wrap this up. So, what I'm going to say here is that it's been an honor to be on the microphone again this year. I, I, I genuinely do enjoy this. You know, I think that sometimes it can get just to the point where, you know, when you got a lot of real life stuff going on, you know, it can almost feel like a burden. But once you get late in the season, you know, uh, at least for me, you know, the semester's coming to an end. Like, I'll have a lot more free time. Uh, I, I do enjoy doing it. It's just sometimes where it's like when your field is also doing sports media, it's like, okay, all day I got to, you know, write this football article and, and watch these games and, like, you know, find these stats. And then it's just like my for fun leisure activity is doing the same thing just for the NFL. Like, next year I already have planned with – uh, this this other guy like a Delco football podcast so it's just it you know could get to the point where it's a bit overwhelming maybe something where we do it a little less often I don't want to get into the scary stuff right now but with that being said I appreciate anybody that was tuning in here and I am very much looking forward to having Cuzzo back but more importantly having a four guests on the show next week because that is exactly what will be happening uh, I don't think we have anybody locked in for that game yet except for Chris. I think Chris is the only one officially playing in the first weekend. Exciting stuff coming. Appreciate you guys tuning in, and uh, go Birds. Oh.